0: Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member, so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen. We pray that you are blessed. Hey, Relove Church. I am so glad that you are tuned in. You are ready to go. We are in our series, Permission Granted. And this is episode four, I believe. And today we actually have a special guest who's going to be with us, Pastor Marquis Johns. He is a pastor in Southeastern California Conference. He's our conference evangelist. He is our conference com- uh, community service director. And so he's going to be bringing the word. He's going to be showing us how we can allow our gifts to emerge, how, can we, how we can allow those around us to be elevated and how we can allow the kingdom to be exalted in our lives so you won't be disappointed. Now, I'll be back next week to close off the series. and We'll be on episode five next week with permission granted. But what I want you to do for a moment is if you can just take your phone, take your computer, whatever you're watching on, and just copy that link and send it to a few friends or family members of yours so that they, too, can lean into the series and they, too, can recognize that God has given them permission to be great. Thank you so much for watching. Now let's get into the word.
1: Good morning. I am so excited to be with you at ReLove Church. First and foremost, thank you to my friend, Pastor Seth Yalorda. I am Marquise Johns. I am the Conference Evangelist for Black Ministries Department, as well as Director of Adventist Community Services for the entire Southeastern California Conference. And I've been watching you closely, and this series that you're in, Permission Slip, just birthed something in my spirit that i love to share with you. But first, let me illustrate it this way. Uh, There was a story told by an Arab chief about a spy captured by a Persian army. Yeah, an Arab chief uh, tells a story about a spy captured by the Persian army. And here's how the story goes. The story goes, He tells them that the Persian army captured the spy and they held him captive for several days. And at the end of several days, they finally said, okay, now it's time for us to execute him. So they bring him out into the courtyard and they get him out into the courtyard. And um, they say, hey, you have choices. You can take the firing squad or what's behind the big black door. Again, firing squad or whatever is behind the big black door. And so the guy stops for a moment and he contemplates and he thinks and he thinks and he thinks and he contemplates. And finally he says, after looking at the fire firing squad and looking at the big black door, he finally says, I'll take the firing squad. Sure enough, they execute him on the spot. And people turn, uh, the guy turned to the Arab chief and he said, what was behind the big black door? And the Arab chief said, freedom. Freedom was behind the big black door. Unfortunately, we're often too afraid of the unknown to go after freedom. And in my lifetime, he said. Very few people have been brave enough to take freedom. And so today I want to speak to you about the freedom of fruitfulness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, bless us, we ask, and none other but the matchless, the mighty, the majestic name of Jesus the Christ, and everyone that agreed said amen and amen. Now I, I want to talk to you about something that I'm sure everybody has heard of, and that is this concept of the fruit fruit. Of the Spirit, But I firmly believe that when we're, whenever we're dealing with concepts that are found in either books of the Bible or epistles written by Paul or whomever they were written by, it is important that we understand the context, uh, because a text taken out of context is pretext for proof text. <laughs> a text taken out of context is pretext for proof text. And so what I want to do is before we get to the actual text in Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23, that tell us about the fruit of the spirit, I want to give us an overall synopsis of the book of Galatians. However, there is. Is a key verse that i believe everyone should know and everyone should hold on to when you're studying the book of galatians or even if you're talking about the fruit of the spirit and that verse is galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. and so in galatians chapter 5 and verse 1 it says this very clearly very succinct text stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith christ hath made us free and be not entangled again by the yoke of bondage. Watch that text, watch that text. It says, stand fast therefore in the liberty the what? The liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Liberty that has made us free. Free from what, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. These are three very important concepts. And whenever I'm studying a book, I look for what concept, what word, what thought repeats itself and then I'm able to kind of get an understanding of what the overall book is about. So let me tell you, Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 carries three important terms that you find all throughout the book of Galatians. You find these all throughout the book of Galatians. As a matter of fact, the word bondage repeats itself six times. The word free repeats itself seven times. And the word liberty three times. So there is freedom, there is liberty, and there is bondage. And Galatians is talking about that so much so that we could separate it into three sections. The first one, uh, Galatians chapter 1 through through about verse 2, chapter 2 through 21, is about laboring, it's about laboring. But then Galatians 3 verse 1 through Galatians 4 verse 31 is about that actual liberty. And then Galatians 5 11 through Galatians 6 18 is the life of that liberty. So here we have, we could break Galatians into three sections, into three sections. First, you talk about the labor. Second, you talk about the liberty. And third, you talk about the life. One more time, three sections Galatians can be broken down into, and that is the the labor, the liberty, and the life. And so Paul sets out to make something very clear. So in the first chapter, you get Paul talking about his authorship and his authority. In the first chapter, you get him talking about his authorship and his authority. But in Galatians chapter two, we see him begin to talk about freedom from legalism. Now, as we've been talking about in this series, Permission Slip, the first thing Paul gives us freedom from or gives us permission to do is throw off legalism. Be free from legalism. Be free from people telling you ought to do things just to please God and know that the life God wants us to live is one of liberty, not bondage to anything. And so Paul makes it very clear that we ought to be free, free, live in liberty and free from bondage. And then he tells us. Not only are we liberated, not only are we free from bondage, but watch this, saints of God, we are free to love. Paul, then from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 through Galatians 6, verse 18, talks about being free to love. And so, again, we have these three concepts of labor, we have the concept of liberty, and we have the concept of a life that is laboring out of liberty. Not a life that you labor to get liberty, but a life where you've already been given liberty and now. Now you're able to labor because you love. And so Paul says, listen, here's what you got to get. Don't miss this. You are free now. You are free from the bondage of legalism. And because you're free from the bondage of legalism, you are free to love. And that's where we pivot now to Galatians chapter five and verse 23. We pivot now to Galatians chapter five, verse 22. And here is, you know these scriptures very well, but, but, but let me read them in your hearing galatians 5 verse 22 the bible says this but the fruit of the spirit is love again remember we talked about paul sets this thing up three sections three sections number one labor Number two, liberty. Number three, life. We have a life of liberty where we can labor out of love. That was good. That was good. We have a life of liberty where we can labor out of love. And so he first sets us free from legalism. We're free from legalism. And now we're free to love and live a life of liberty where we labor out of love. Not we labor for love. That's important. That's an important distinction. And so we get over now that we're talking about this freedom to love. We're in Galatians chapter five. And verse 22, and notice what the word of God says here, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Against such there is no law. And so what Paul puts out, he sets forth here, is these things are in contradistinction to the vices that we call the works of the flesh. And these are now the virtues that come as a result of having the spirit work in your life. Now, I'm sure at some point in this series, we've talked about John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15, the Bible makes it very clear. Watch this. That who the Lord wants to produce more fruit, he prunes them. Now, we see this term cut away. And old days, people thought that that cut away or the taking away meant that God was going to take them away and he was going to punish them. But when you look at that word in the Greek, what it actually means is a vine dresser will come along and he will prune a vine. And then what he'll do is he'll tie it back to the original stalk so that it can do exactly what John 15 says, produce more fruit and so and so if we've made it to this point in galatians where we have been pruned and we've been tied back to the stalk, we're now in a position to produce more fruit we're now liberated we're now free we're now no longer captive to that labor for love we're now free to labor out of love and so what is it that we do we bear not just some but much fruit we bear much fruit and what does that fruit look like it looks like love it looks like joy it looks like peace it looks like long-suffering or patience it looks like gentleness it looks like goodness it looks like faith it looks like meekness it looks like temperance against such there is no law now here's the thing i want to deposit in your spirit is that this text, when talking about these different things, although you see them as verbs, watch this, although you see them as verbs, they are interpreted as clausal nouns. They are also nouns. And so what the Spirit is saying, what the Bible is saying, what Paul is saying is that when you have the fruit of the Spirit, it makes, and I don't want to give you this impression that it's going to force you, it's going to push you, but it is a making that happens out of the result of you being free to choose. And now that you have this freedom, this freedom that you experience makes you want to love. It makes you want to rejoice. It makes you want to have peace. It makes you want to be patient. It makes you want to be kind. It makes you want to be a whole bunch of things that you might not have wanted or desired to be before you had the fruit of the Spirit. And so what Paul is trying to communicate to us here is this. He's communicating to us that when we are free from legalism and we're free to love, we're not only free to love we are have we have this inward passion for this inward desire to this inward desire to love this inward desire to be happy this inward desire to see peace we have this inward desire that we didn't have before we had the spirit why because the carnal man is enmity against God for he is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be but when we understand that the law in one word is love now that we have the spirit and we're no longer carnal we desire to be more loving We desire to see peace. We want to be happy. We want to be patient. We want to be kind. And this is what Paul is trying to to, to show us. We have been freed from legalism. We are now living a life of liberty where we labor, we work out of, we exist out of, we live out of these nine different components that you find in the fruit of the spirit. But here is what I want us to understand. And this is key is that Paul does not use the plural of fruit. Ah, we're so used to hearing fruits of the Spirit that we continue to say, hey, I have the fruits of the Spirit. But he is saying fruit in order to distinguish them from the gifts where he does use the plural form. He is using the singular fruit to distinguish from the plural gifts. Because when you look at the gifts of the spirit that he talks about in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, you realize that someone can have one gift, but not the other gift. I could have the gift of preaching, whereas someone else could have the gift of prophecy. I could have the gift of tongues, but someone else will have the gift of interpretation. See, when he tells us about the gifts of the spirit, the reality is that one person can have one, another person can have the other, and maybe no one ever has all of the gifts of the Spirit, which is why he uses the plural for gifts, but... He uses the singular for fruit because what he is expressing to us is that you don't get love and someone else gets joy. You don't get peace and someone else gets kindness. You don't get gentleness and someone else gets patience. No, when you have the fruit of the spirit, you get the whole enchilada. Do I have anybody in here that's cooking right now and can make some enchiladas? No, no, no. Okay, 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 okay. We got off. We got off subject. I like to eat. But watch this. But watch this. This is very important distinction because here is what happens. Let's say, for instance, I want ah, some fiber. Now, I I could walk into the store nowadays into a vitamin shop and get some fiber, right? I can get a pill that has fiber in it. However, in the olden days, what did the preacher say? In the olden days, if you wanted or if you needed fiber, you increased a certain uh, the intake of a certain vegetable or fruit. And you knew that when you got that fruit or when you ate that vegetable, you were getting the fiber associated with said fruit and or vegetable. Now, here is the thing, when you ate said fruit and or vegetable because you needed an intake or to increase the fiber in your diet, you not only got fiber, but watch this. If you were eating an orange, yeah, you got fiber, but you also got high concentrations vitamin C. Ah, Not only did you get fiber and high concentrations of vitamin C, you also got some vitamin Bs and some folic acid and some, some carb. And you got all of these different things because you went and got an orange or you went and got an apple or you went and got a pineapple. The pineapple may have brought some vitamin C or the orange may have brought vitamin C, but it brought all these other things with it to the extent that when you got the orange, you got vitamin C and the five other vitamins and or minerals that you find in an orange. And the same thing is to be said of the Holy Spirit, where if you have the Holy Spirit, not if we have the fruit, not if we have the fruit, but if we have the Spirit, we have love, we have joy, we have peace, we have kindness, we have gentleness. This is why he, he distinguishes the singular fruit as opposed to a multiplicity of gifts because the believer who has the Spirit has all nine of those things that come with having the fruit of the Spirit. You don't just get love, you don't just get joy, You don't don't just get peace. You don't just get kindness. You get the whole orange. You get the whole apple. You get the whole pineapple. You get the fruit of the Spirit, not because you have the fruit, but because you have the Spirit. And when you have the Spirit, the Spirit then gives you permission to be fruitful. It gives you permission. It inspires or it makes. Remember, utilizing that word make very loosely, it gives you permission and a desire to be more loving, to be more joyful, to be more peaceful, to be kinder, to be patient, to be temperate. This is why Paul tells us this, because it is the almost crescendo of everything he said up to this point about being free with a life where you labor out of love, not legalism, but a freedom. My question to us today is, are you brave enough to take this freedom that the Holy Spirit has already given you permission to have a freedom to be fruitful, full of fruit because you have the Holy Spirit. Hear me on today. You have permission to be fruitful if you have the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Can you pray with me? Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your Holy Spirit. We're so thankful for this letter that teaches us to live a life of liberty where we labor out of love as opposed to have a life where we labor for love. And when we have a life of liberty where we labor out of love, we receive your Holy Spirit. We receive your Holy Spirit. And when your Holy Spirit resides in us, it gives us freedom. It gives us liberty. It gives us permission to be fruitful, full of everything that comes along with having the Holy Spirit. So bless us, God, to have the whole enchilada the whole orange, the whole apple, the entirety of the Holy Spirit and the liberty to live a life where we labor out of love, not for love. Thank you. We praise you in none other but the matchless, the mighty, the majestic name of Jesus the Christ and everyone that agreed said amen and amen.